Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Righto, welcome back. This is uh, part two of our conversation with Joanne Taranto. Uh, Jeremy's here, still with me. Welcome back, Jeremy. Yeah, welcome back, bro. In part one, we finished off talking about just one of the hats that uh, Joe wears with the uh, Parramatta well, River Catchment Group. Apparently, you don't like wearing hats. You don't look good. <laughs> but you like hoodies. You just don't like hats. Rock a I'm sure you can rock a hoodie and a hat, but uh, we're talking about the Parramatta River Catchment Group and the work that Joe does for that, recognising that she does work for under under the Good in the Hood banner and also Five for Ride. But just getting back to the Parramatta, because the Parramatta River has a lofty goal of being swimmable. We have quite a lot of international listeners, so it would be good to explain it and put yeah. it into to perspective for those people. Like We know what Parramatta River is, but um, yeah. if you could start off Absolutely. by giving us the whole shaboodle. So most people know where the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House is, and if you travel pretty much due west from there um, into the heart of, well, the geographical heart of Sydney, which is Parramatta, uh, you follow the Parramatta River. It's a pretty iconic waterway for uh, Sydney siders. It's an incredibly sacred waterway for uh, the traditional owners um, and Aboriginal communities who still live in the area. And its catchment extends up to the Hills District. Uh, down to Cumberland, uh, Canary Bankstown, and east to the inner west, then up to sort of Hunters Hill, Ride, and back to Parramatta. So it's, it's you know, a very urbanised environment, but it is a river catchment, and, and we work with the entire catchment to achieve some of the goals. I, I watched something on TV the other day. Um, basically, when the white man came to Australia, they went up the Parramatta River looking for... Uh, good places uh, for industry and that's really the start of it they came for fertile land and going up the Parramatta River and then basically just the industrial revolution hit and it just nailed it so I guess we are trying what we're talking about today a place has been really used for heavy industrial um, activities and uh, and Joe's obviously going to explain what the councils around the Parramatta River are trying to achieve. Yeah, so so you're right. It, it was an incredibly sacred waterway that was, from what the Aboriginal communities have told us, was actually almost a, a trickle. It was a stream that people could step over once, um, wow. you know, once upon a time. But obviously th- through the colonial times it was used as a a transport uh, means, and it's still very much used that way now. I mean, it's the ferries go up and down. 
it is managed and, and, and owned by RMS, I guess, in that sense, uh, which is the Roads and Maritime Department. So, you know, it has a transport, I guess, function. Um, but for a long time, it was really treated as a wastewater stream. Um, it's basically, let's as just... As a sewer. As a sewer. Yeah, um, as, as a drain, yeah. you know. And we had, you know, some pretty toxic stuff that was pumped into there. Um, most people know... You know, even our international listeners are familiar with the Sydney Olympic Park mm. where the Sydney 2000 Olympics were held and that site itself was pretty toxic. Yeah, that yeah. was all rejuvenated land. Yeah, so that that land was regenerated um, for the Olympics and is now a beautiful parkland area and we're really mm. happy to work with the Sydney Olympic Park Authority as part of one of our members and... You know, just like that site and a lot of sites still along the river, it, it has um, a lot of uh, potential environmental impacts. So we know that the river's been through a lot. We know that the river was also heavily used prior to industrialization to, as a recreational um, space. So you can think about the fact that people weren't travelling, you know, probably back in the the 30s and 20s and, you know, very far. Um, mm. they, they wanted places that they could swim in their backyard and most people you talk to in Sydney um, who've been here for more than, you know, 30 or 40 years will tell you that they have swum in that river and that, oh, yeah. that is a river that holds a lot of memories. So it holds a lot of sentimental value to a lot of people and a lot of people are really behind the mission. But you can imagine, like anything, there are quite a number of challenges that we need to... So, so can you swim in the river currently? You can. You can swim. In there are four swim sites that we encourage people to use. Right at Balmain, um, which is you know almost on the Sydney Harbour, there is the Dawn Fraser Pool, which mm -hmm. is still considered part of the Parramatta River. So we know that in summer months you can swim there. And we also have three other sites um, along the river, two in around Chiswick and Cabarita and one up at the Lake Parramatta itself, which is right at the top of the catchment. Um, and we've got four proposed swim sites, which will be opened by 2025, which, you know, fill in some of those those gaps along the river between Balmain and Parramatta. So we're pretty excited about those. Just to put this into context uh, our, to our listeners, uh, we had Michael Wicks on, who's Technical Director of, of Ocean Protect. He would not swim in Sydney Harbour. So Parramatta River flows into Sydney Harbour. So for this ambitious project to actually work, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's cleaning up what has been a dumping ground. So, you know, this is not, oh, hey, we're just going to create some swim pools. This is a massive, massive push to yeah. bring the amenity back to the public. It is. And, and so we've spent the last really 11 years developing a master plan for the river. And that wow. might just seem like, oh, wow, you know, good on you guys. You've pulled together a strategy. But this is years of water quality testing, modelling, um, economic analysis, community engagement and consultation, um, using modelling to d identify where would be good swim sites. So it took 11 years to put together a master plan yeah. document. Yeah, so, so look, we, we've been working for a long time. We've, we launched it in October last year. It is now available on our website, um, which, which is, is ourlivingriver.com.au. Mm. Um, and look, the master plan is so important because it aligns our member organisations um, on 10 steps to achieve the vision. So that includes um, some really important uh, monitoring goals, some asset management goals, um, some creating some standards across the river that 
everyone works towards, so all the different agencies. This is, you know, you can imagine working with one government agency at times can be, have its challenges. We're working with a huge amount of organisations and we have everyone on the same page, which so, is really exciting. And so just to backtrack a little bit, so there's four areas on Parramatta River where you can yeah, uh, are they, swim. Are they swimming areas or yeah. are they sea pools? Uh, no, well, what the Lake Parramatta site is uh, – I guess it's almost like a dam at the top. It's yeah. a beautiful, natural swim site that looks – it's got bush all around it. it it's it's um, It was reopened in 2015. So and predominantly natural catchment flowing into this area. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then you've got Dawn Fraser, which obviously is a sea pool. Yeah. Um, and you've got the other two at uh, in the Canada Bay catchment and they – or Canada Bay uh, council area and they are – one is uh, Chiswick Baths and one is Cabarita. And so apart from these four areas where you can swim, like why why can't you swim in other parts of the Parramatta River? What's the key um, constraint? Look, you can swim in other parts of the river, but we want to provide certainty and confidence to the community. So we also want to provide, you know, the water quality is, is still being monitored and we do use a program at the moment called Beachwatch. Um, you can go on the Beachwatch website and see whether it's safe um, in terms of the enterococci levels in the water but you know we also know that river water behaves very differently to um to seawater so we've been working really closely with sydney water who's the lead agency on the master plan we've been working with them to develop a river watch program which is about water quality testing at our new swim sites as well so but but swimming is much more than just water quality it's it's to do with access and amenity Mm. and you know making sure that people can get there and they can get in safely Mm. and get out safely and that you know maybe there's shark nets if we need them Mm. or and and so we we've worked with the community and we're working with the councils who have identified these sites to make sure that they are places people want to be. You know, mm. you can provide clean water and it doesn't mean people are going to swim there. So, yeah, look, there are issues with sediment. There are issues with managing what's in the water. But, you know, it's it's about bigger things than just that as well. And so, obviously, yeah, so you need to make it safe to access and enter and uh, ideally you know, prevent the ingress of sharks into these swimming areas. But just focusing on water quality for, for a sec. So you, you said there, there's some enterocarbonate potentially high elevated levels of enterococca, which is a bacteria. And yeah. that, that, so is it just really the bacteria within the water that may actually make it a little bit unsafe? Um, no, I mean, it can be – look, we, we certainly have – we know that E. coli, we do monitor that. So um, we get the look at the green lights on the in the Beachwatch um, map at the moment and that the sites are fine. So we know that after a storm that you do have issues with overflows and sewage overflows can impact mm-hmm. the levels of bacteria. But rivers also have other issues and you can get viruses and yeah. all sorts of other blooms that you don't get with seawater in the same way. So Blooms as in algal blooms? You can get yeah. algal blooms, you can get blooms of just different bacteria and, yeah. and viruses which don't even seem to have any uh, cause by, wow. you know, well, in terms of what we can see in terms of, um, you know, just because of the way the water sits, maybe it's not flowing in certain patches. So, But certainly the swim sites that we've identified are there because – Maybe they are sheltered or, or, you know, in certain parts or, or accessible or been there before, but they're also they've, they've got more chance of better water quality. There are certain places in the river where the sediment 
has more issues in it because of the history at those places than others. Yeah, and you, so you've obviously got the combination of freshwater meeting seawater, which Absolutely. is another dynamic. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. that from a lot of uh, estuary work that I've yeah. read about. It's yeah. um, That's yeah. a complicated situation in itself. It is, and we've got, you know, it's, it is tidal and it is, there is estuarine and freshwater um, spaces and we I work really closely with different habitats, I guess, and teaching people about you know, riparian zones and the different flora and fauna that live along the river as well. And so I get pretty passionate about talking about the mascots that we Mm. have. We have uh, five mascots that we work with along the river and that's how we really engage kids and talk about river health. And So you five mascots? Oh, look at the best mascots in the world. And these were voted on. We had, a, you know, we had a, we had a vote in the community, and these were chosen. So we have. You're going to put me on the spot now. We have five <laughs> amazing. My favourite, which is the powerful owl, which is a massive owl that eats possums. Which, um, yes, yeah. If you've ever wow. seen one, they are quite terrifying and silent as well. So they're kind of like there's a horror movie waiting to be made <laughs> about them. But they're stunning. They are um, they are threatened species. What do you mean they eat possums? They eat a whole ringtail a whole brushtail possum in a night. They'll also eat three chickens, which my neighbour can my attest to goodness. in one night. And it's like the Blair Witch project. They just fly in silently, pluck them bloodless death. It's they're quite they're quite amazing animals. And, and we'll just huge. take them up to the nest and hand Tom down. Uh, yeah, and they, the only thing they leave is really, you know, a little bit of scat that you can identify <laughs> and and occasional little bone. They're quite, wow. they're quite terrifying um, wow. but beautiful Lord and Lord. amazing. If you've ever seen one, they look – they're ghostly and they're, they're quite huge. They're the size of sort of a young child. Anyway, so wow. that's one of our mascots. Amazing. <laughs> Sleeping tonight. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I never liked owls. Yeah. <laughs> we have the striped marsh frog which are kind of all around the catchment. You'll see you'll see lots of them if you sort of dig around the banks of any waterway. Uh, we have the eastern long-necked turtle and we're really excited to be working with Western Sydney University on a program called One Million Turtles, which is all about habitat creation, protection and management and um, getting a, a million freshwater turtles back into our waterways wow. because they Including are... the Parramatta River. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, particularly all the tributaries. Um, so turtles love still... Uh, fresh water that they can – so you find them all over golf courses. Mm. Um, and, and and we're really struggling. Our turtle numbers are really down, particularly because of foxes. So um, it's a massive target and challenge and something we're really passionate about working, particularly with, with businesses on and schools. Where am I up to? We've got two more. We've got the bar-tailed godwit, which is a really godwit. awesome uh, bird that likes to walk on sort of mud flats. Wow. And he migrates to, I'm going to call him a he, he migrates to China every <laughs> year and comes back to yeah. Sydney every six months. So we've got some really passionate schools who are very keen to work with the, the Godwit and we're hoping to connect up some schools in China and some schools in Australia so they can share photos across social media and tell them what the Godwit's doing when they're here and what they're doing in China, which is probably the same thing, walking on the mudflats. But uh, You've got one more mascot. We've got one more mascot. Is come to on the spot. <laughs> but it's interesting, like, uh, what, what, oh, hang on, Audrey knows what it is, do you? Which one? It's the Southern Myotis. Oh, oh well done, Audrey. Audrey, Audrey experience. <laughs> Audrey just got herself a gold star this week. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Southern Myotis is a fishing bat and he likes to eat mosquitoes. So anyone who lives in Sydney knows that this season particularly we've had a pretty tough season when it comes to mozzies. We call them mozzies. Mozzies. Aussie mozzies. So, um, yeah, the fishing bat, they're they're really small and they love eating small um, invertebrates. So, 
Yeah. But that's a really interesting thing about like those five mascots in particular, like predominantly except for the maybe the, the powerful owl. They're all they all obviously heavily reliant on a healthy waterway system, including the Parramatta River. So whilst there's this lofty goal of a swimmable Parramatta River by 2025, and that'll drive a whole bunch of improvements in terms of uh, improved, uh, you know, protected waterway, improved water quality, the swimmable target is primarily focused on, you know, providing a benefit to humans to be able to swim and play whatever in, in the river. But uh, in a roundabout way, by by providing that sort of function, that that um, better protected waterway health, you're actually going to be appropriately or better protecting uh, the health of the waterway, which will provide ecological benefits as well, obviously. Absolutely. And look, I also, the surprising thing. Dear, sorry, do you really want to like encourage those, those possum eating owls? <laughs> like, hey guys, come and lay, you see before, they, they're about the size of small children. Where, yeah. did, where did my little child go? <laughs> you know? yeah, no, it's a joke. <laughs> yes, Jeremy, we do want to encourage them. They're actually fascinating and beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Google it when I get out of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, <laughs> I, know how, I know how to scare But it's interesting. Out. So it goes back to our original point. Like a lot of environmental activists and groups focus on the environmental and ecological benefits of various initiatives. But whereas the Parramatta River Catchment Group is actually focused on uh, a human benefit in terms of making the, the Parramatta River benefit. But obviously that'll provide ecological benefits, but the, the key focus is on uh, something, uh, a benefit that every human can actually relate to. And and subsequently, um, I don't want to make us sound like we're a self-centered, uh, selfish uh, species, but in terms of humans, we, we're probably more attracted to something that, that we can actually see a tangible benefit of, yeah. as and opposed to protecting, say, a, a possum-eating owl, yeah. for example. And our, our, our chair of our PRCG, Mark Drury, who works for with um, Inner West Council, he's one of the councillors there. He's always explains it that if the water's good enough for us, it's good enough for the critters. And I think that's that's the message, yeah, you know, totally, if, we, yeah. if we improve it. And look, the, what I also say to that is if we improve habitat for the critters, we improve the water quality as well. For sure. So if yeah. you're providing more habitat for turtles and providing more zones for freshwater, still freshwater pools, then you're providing opportunities for the water to slow down, to be treated, to, um, you know, by the time it makes it to the river, it's healthier. So we it it cuts both ways. If we have more habitat, we have a healthier ecosystem. If we have a healthier ecosystem, we have more habitat. Totally. And and look, I think it's a wonderful initiative. Have you actually seen other sort of catchment management enterprises or or, or groups sort of following the lead of the Parramatta River? I'm just looking through this document. Um, 
and saw that they're putting a swimming pool in New York. Yeah. Um, so the Hudson River. The Hudson River. There hasn't wow. been, no one's swum in there for a hundred years, but it's a, it's Boston. It's, yeah. it's a, a pool within the, the water body and it's uh, self um, filtering. So if you really? if yeah, search yeah. for urban swimming, urban river swimming, Copenhagen, Boston, New York, even Melbourne, even the Yarra, even the Brown Yarra. Yarra. I mean, you know, there are there are there is ambitious plans all over the world, and and some wow. of these, and London as well. Um, you know, because everyone recognises that this really is an asset. For too long, we've treated it, you know, as maybe a a pathway to get rid of the stuff we don't want, or a water, you know, a transport way, but. You know, rivers are a huge asset, and and as we continue to develop um, and urbanise these environments, we need space. We need space to interact. We need space mm. to come together as a community. And we need we need places to recreate. And but if we're, if we're promoting that recreation, obviously there's a there's a driver to protect water quality. I guess. Um, but no one wants to swim amongst so, a whole bunch of trash. So how do we do that though? Look, we we. Obviously, strongly believe in in the master plan that we've developed, and look, a big part of, and I guess why I'm passionate about working with you guys too, is you know, from the work for Good for the Hood, particularly, is that managing stormwater better is is one of the the tenets of what we are working towards um, in the master plan. So, each of the councils we work with, we're encouraging them to better understand the assets they have under the ground, you know, to make sure that their stormwater that's coming through is collecting what should be taken out before yeah. it goes into well, the river. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the way I explain it. Rivers are the veins of, of, of the world. So if you think about it, the ocean, um, you know, being the, the wonderful, I think it's the most important part of, of the whole world, and the rivers are the veins. And then we've, we've created... Uh, an urbanised area which really efficiently gets all our waste out into the rivers and uh, gets our water away. And as we've, we know, Brad, and, and obviously Joe knows from our work, you know, that, that, that's our passion is stopping the, or stemming the flow of pollution. And, you know, like the things that you're doing here, by putting a goal and saying, right, this is what we want, and then working out how to achieve it. I mean, that's, that's the best part is going, well, where does it, where is this problem really starting? Uh, you know, you're getting local councils, you're getting communities, you're, it's not just a, hey, if, let's just fix this one thing. It's a whole range of things that I'm obviously reading through that are, that are going to assist on this problem. And I, yeah, I take my hat off to you, Joe. I think it's, um, uh, you know, really great work what you're doing. And it's also bringing attention to the issue as well. Like, you know, Joe, we mentioned in the first part, one of this, um, podcast chat with Joe, with how we met with, um, Mayor, Mayor from Ride Council, Jerome, and just to sort of, uh, show him that the, the pollution that we pull out of the, the stormwater treatment assets, he, his reaction was like, we've shown a picture inside a gross pollutant trap, which is like an underground, big underground garbage bin, which intercepts, um, litter. And, and this asset is full of, Coke cans, bottles, uh, plastics, etc. And he was his reaction was like, "Wow!" So what what we're sort of doing, and obviously what Joe's doing as well, we're doing a really good job, is actually connecting people to the problem and also the solutions, and potentially maybe not so much focusing on the problem too much, um, but sort of focusing on the solutions and also the the, the potential future the target. I guess. Yeah, look, and I think, again, you need to give people ways that they can be effective and, and, and we're all, our, all the organisations we work with are busy, they all have many missions and many services they need to provide but, you know, we're working, we're, we're leading the drive with, um, you know, for the master plan through Sydney Water, 
they're providing, you know, these are the things we need to do. We've got a lead agency for every step of the master plan. Mm. And then we've got a dashboard that's going to go up on the website where you can actually see how we're performing. So you can That's real the time, key. Tell people your yeah. successes. Hey, this is what yeah. we've achieved this you know, and, and some of it might just be as simple as, you know what, we're just gathering more data on this at the moment. Yeah. And a lot of it is knowing what you don't know um, and, and then filling in those gaps. And we're pretty excited about it. It's ambitious, but it's well, very achievable. Just on the ambitious. So how are we going? When are we going to be able to swim in more locations in the Parramatta River? When is this plan going to come to fruition? Ocean. So look, 2025 is our is the goal that we've put on there. We are working towards obviously activating four new swim sites by then, but more may come on um, in that time. And you know, as I said in the master plan, which is called Dubu Budu Bara, which is Darug for land, water, and sky, which is our master plan vision for the entire river. You know, we need to achieve so many of the things in there to make that happen but you'll be able to follow along our journey and certainly if you want to check out some of the existing swim sites already you can check out the website and jump in and it's not just uh tasks and actions for you know councils or state associations but also individuals and one of the things that one of the initiatives uh that you've led under good good uh for the hood is this war on waste action toolkit like that, that someone can do as at an individual level. So yeah. what, what does that actually involve? Yeah, I want to know more about those. Look, we, we were really lucky, again, to use the, the I guess, the things we learned from the um, Five for Ride campaign. Um, not so much the, the what, but the how, the process. How do you, if you're someone who's passionate about doing something, how do you do it so that you're effective? How do you make sure that your time counts? Because we know these are people with, who are volunteers, who are passionate, but don't always you know, have huge amounts of time or resources. So how can you get the biggest bang for your buck, I guess, when it comes to your passion? And um, and so we give people a toolkit to, to go through from idea to activating that idea. And, and you know, it was sort of the cornerstone of the work that we started. And we, we kind of mapped out communities all over Australia on the back of War and Waste that were doing awesome things for the environment. There's, you know, hundreds of communities who are tackling waste particularly um, because we know that waste is really what I would consider a low-hanging fruit when it comes to the environmental issues. Everyone can get passionate about reducing, you know, litter. No one likes litter. Real estate agents don't like litter. Mm. Councils don't like litter. Big businesses don't like litter. Why are you saying real estate agents in? Because we Just know the that. Just your properties. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. You know that if you, re- if you remove the amount of litter, property prices go up. Jeez. Right. It's that obvious, like oh, for, no, I'm for being real estate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you know no no no. But it's that simple. I mean, it's that simple. No one sure. wants to no live in an area. No one wants to next to an amenity that looks like it's yeah. Yeah. dirty and whatever. So we know yeah. that you know, and and that's why I've so litter is a really easy way to engage people yeah, because. Exactly. Every, no one likes it. No yeah. one goes, you know what? There's a lot of rubbish over there. I love that. No, and, and that's why we, I guess, focus some of our attention on litter because uh, whilst we recognise it might not be the, you know, if we remove, if we stop the flow of litter and plastic going into our waterways, that'll be a real positive. But we also focus a lot of on the other sort of less um, visible pollutants like heavy metals, bacteria, nutrients, et cetera, which, ha- which can be uh, very, very damaged to our environment. But having said that, it's actually a really hard concept for people to get their head around sometimes. Yeah. You know, nutrients, what's, why, is, why is nutrients? bad but everyone understands litter should not be in our waterways and i would encourage anyone who is interested in doing something for the community 
and you, particularly if you are, um, you know, there are grants around for community groups to do projects. Um, I would encourage people when you're wanting to undertake anything is to reach out to the people who can help you first and foremost. Well, hang on. Hang on yeah. that, I'm sure you can provide a hell of a lot of help to someone. So, like, you've obviously wear a lot of different hats, but I'm sure you could actually be very useful in a number of different ways uh, to help others sort of embarking well, on that, similar yeah, initiatives. Is that what you do? I mean, it is, yeah. So, so, for the, yeah. so, I am a consultant. I do work with increasing numbers of, I guess, businesses who have a an idea or a concern or a problem um, that need a strategy to to work through it. And, and it always almost relates to waste or sustainability, but a lot of it's involving engaging communities now too. So we've got this great solution or, you know, thing that we're doing and how do we get people to use mm. it? How do we how do we bring people in because it's a benefit for them and it's a benefit for us and how do we make people understand, you know, and, and, and strengthen communities that way? So so I'm doing some really exciting projects um, with a number of, I guess, uh, corporates and, and councils and um, businesses um, and government agencies, but I'm also working with grassroots groups. So um, I'm really passionate about helping people like me who two years ago was doing, you know, knocking on the doors of cafes, picking up rubbish every weekend um, and literally just trying to make a difference in any way that I could in my local community. Those people need to be cultivated. They're, yeah. they're assets to everyone in their community and we need to support them and too often they burn out. So if someone wants your help, how, how do they get in contact with you? So you can check out my website, which is uh, good for the hood. We'll give it a plug in our show notes for sure, yeah. That would be great. And, you know, you can reach out to us on social media too. That's probably the easiest way. So on Facebook or Instagram, come to us with a problem and we'll help you work through the solution too. And and certainly nothing makes me happier than connecting someone that I know has a solution and someone that I know who has a problem. And that's so much about what we do. I mean, it seems really simple, but it's often we don't, know that they're out there and there are people who want to help. Well, that's uh, a really, really lovely feel-good thing. But the work you're doing, or just from, look, I've only met you a year ago, uh, if I would encourage any business uh, that is listening to, to go on and check out Joe's website. Um, it's, it's such a fresh approach to a problem that is not going away. And, and I, I just would encourage any person or any business um, to jump on a website, have a look, and give it a go. You know, it's start off with a conversation. Joe loves a chat. I'm sure she won't charge you for the first uh, <laughs> for the first wee chat. But, you know, just um, yeah, big ups to you. It's, yeah, and, and it's, even from a personal perspective, like Joe's already, like even just in the last uh, few days, provided us an enormous benefit. 100%. You know, you've, you've, we've, we've connected us with a, the mayor of a council with, with, with an issue that he'd love to solve, and we're coming to him with a, a an appropriate strategy to potentially um, solve that problem. So, from from my from my uh, perspective, the work that you've done just with us already has been fantastic, and I look forward to seeing what we can actually achieve in the future. The bill is in the mail. <laughs> I wonder what that Senator Jeremy wants there. <laughs> Jeez. Well, um, yeah. Look, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks um, for having me. It's been uh, it's been great. Sorry about the the background noise uh, to any of the listeners, but we're actually uh, down at. Uh, 
the Grounds Cafe, and they kindly, uh, we have to give them a plug. They've yeah, kindly totally. allowed oh, us to um, use one of their rooms uh, as there's roadworks going on that have been going on on Huntley Street for three years. I'm not going to name the organisation, <laughs> but it's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, again, Joe, thank you so much for uh, coming along and, and joining us on this little podcast, and we can't wait to see what we achieve together well, in the future. are you coming back? You're going to come back and, uh, sure. and, and and give us an update on how you're First going. First podcast free. Oh, <laughs> boom. Say it. And we're going to leave you right there. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.